Turn with me to the book of James. James chapter 5. James is in the New Testament towards the end. Chapter 5, I will read from verse 7 to 11. It's a short passage. But before I read, I just want to first welcome all of you who are joining us for the first time this year. Here at Southside Bible Fellowship, we, we love visitors, and so we are glad that you have joined us, and we are looking forward into meeting you and knowing more about you. So thank you for coming. Here we also believe that since the Bible is God's word, and since all of us who have confessed Jesus as Savior, we are God's children, then say it with me, the Bible is God's word for us. Father, we come before you this morning acknowledging your presence and the power of your word. And we pray that your Holy Spirit who speaks to us, who teaches us, that will use this moment to nourish us with your word. And that, Father, you will accomplish what you intend to accomplish through it in Jesus' name. Amen. So James is writing to the Israelites who are scattered and they are being persecuted. They are longing for Christ's return. And James is writing to them, encouraging them, and reminding them of what they should do. He says in verse 7, be patient then brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming. Be patient. It's, uh, it's typical when things are going tough for Christians when they are facing hardships. When you are suffering it's typical to want the Lord to come. <laughs> but it's also typical that when everything else is going on well in our lives, we want him to delay. In fact, we have people who don't want to hear about the coming of the Lord because they have so many plans. So James tells them, be patient, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. This kind of patience here is, is the willingness to persevere, to endure hardship as you wait for the Lord. And James knows what he's talking about because he was there when... Jesus Christ ascended to heaven. He was there when the angels appeared to them and said, 
you men of Galilee, what are you doing here? In Acts chapter 1 verse 11. And the angel said that this same Jesus will come back the same way he left. James was there. And so therefore when he is telling the, the suffering Christians to patiently wait, he knows what he's talking about. And then he gives them an illustration. He says, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. Patiently waiting for the autumn, spring rains, autumn and spring rains. He gives them an illustration, an example, because most of them were farmers. So they understand as a farmer, you can do everything that you can, but you have no control over the rains. You have to wait. Hoping that it will rain. Hoping that your crop will grow and that you will have a harvest. And he's saying, Christians, you may be going through difficulties in your life, but you still need to be patient. The price of gas may be high. But as a child of God, you need to be patient. I don't know whether everyone is paying the same price that I'm paying for gas. Look at the farmer. And learn from the farmer to be patient. And then he says in verse 8, you too be patient and stand firm. So first be patient as you wait for the Lord. And then he says, be patient and stand firm. And we will go through this. I'm just taking you through this text. So you're not just patient, you're not just waiting, you are waiting, but you're footing, you're putting your foot on the ground. You're standing on the right side. You're not compromising your position as you wait for the Lord's return. <laughs> because the Lord's coming is near. And it is nearer now than it was when James was writing this letter. He says, don't grumble in verse 9 against one another. Brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. You know, when we are going through difficulties, it is easier to start looking at one another and begin to complain. And he says, don't do that. Remind yourself that the Lord is coming. Remind yourself that he is standing at the door. And when you do that, you will deal with one another 
differently. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. That's why this morning I'm asking as we begin this new year. What if the Lord returns this year? Just ask yourself. What if he chooses to come this year? Will he find us prepared? Will he find us waiting for him? Because it should be for, for every Christian, we should live this life expecting the Lord's return. Because he will return. And therefore, let me just, for those of you who like writing, I'm going to give you three points here. Number one, he says, patiently wait for Christ's return. Patiently wait for Christ's return. In verse 7 and part of verse 8. And this, this patience is more than just waiting. This is, this is the kind of Waiting that does not have a timeline. Those that have been here know that my definition for patience is this. Patience begins when waiting ends. Patience is, patient is what you become. Waiting is what you do. Waiting has a timeline. When you are waiting for something, you have a timeline in mind. Now, after that timeline, you need to be patient. Patience does not have a timeline. It can happen any time. Patience is a character that we develop. But it is also the fruit of the Holy Spirit that he develops in us. And we know that some of us are very impatient. And when you are living in a world that discourages patience, you are likely to be impatient. And our culture does discourage impatience. I mean, it discourages patience, sorry. You look at the commercials, you know, buy now and get 20% free. Buy now and pay next year. Tells them patiently wait for the Lord's return. It's the kind of patience that calls 
for submission to God's schedule. It's the kind of patience that positions us to trust God. To trust that God will keep his word. That this God who has promised us the return of Jesus Christ will make it happen in his time. And therefore, I will patiently wait. That means I will be conscious of it. I will keep on reminding myself that Jesus is coming back soon. Amen. But we have people that read the Bible and they say, wow, my grandfather said the same thing. And he is dead now. The apostles said the same thing. They, they said Jesus was coming back soon. They are not there now. God is so good. He, he knew that some of us will have such thoughts. And he responded in 2 Peter chapter 3. Verse 3, 4, 8, and 9 is what I will read for you. 2 Peter chapter 3. He says, above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil de desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it was since the beginning of creation. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead, he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Let me tell you why we need to be grateful that Jesus hasn't returned. Because he is giving some of us a chance to repent. He is giving my brothers and my sisters who are yet to believe in him a chance to turn to him. He is giving the friends that I know that are yet to believe in him a chance to turn to him. So while some people will say he's taking too long, God is looking at you and he's saying you just don't understand. I am giving people a chance. And when you see it that way, instead of complaining that he's waiting for too long, you will join him in reaching out because you know that he is patient, giving people a chance to repent. Patiently wait for the Lord's return. 
His delay is intentional. But he is coming soon. And when he comes, all the hostilities between tribes and races and prejudice and marginalization will be put to their final place. All the pain and the suffering will be gone when he comes. As we wait for him patiently, let us also join him in what he is doing. Number two, he tells them in verse 8b, patiently stand firm as you wait for Christ to return. You know, being patient is not that easy to be truthful. It's not. I remember when we had our firstborn. And uh, I took my wife past midnight to hospital. And then uh, they didn't allow me to go to the maternity room. So I stayed outside. And I was very impatient. I kept on looking and asking. And uh, finally, one of the nurse would come. I mean, she would come out. I would ask her. Whenever she passed, I would ask her, what's going on? And finally, she, she got tired of me. And she said to me, you are so worried and you want me to worry too. I said, well, I, I want to know what's going on. That's my wife in there. And she called the, say, one of the security guys to take me out of the hospital, <laughs> which was worse. It's, it's difficult to be patient. It's, it's even more difficult to be patient and stand firm. Because when you are impatient, you begin to doubt. The Israelites, they knew that God was leading them to the promised land. But it takes them through the desert and they begin to complain. In fact, the Bible says they became impatient and began to complain. And then God sent poisonous snakes to bite them. Then they realized their mistake. They prayed. And Moses prayed for them. And God provided a way out for them. It is hard enough to be patient. But to stand firm. is even more difficult, especially when you're going through persecution, when you're suffering, when you're sick. 
you begin to doubt, does this God really care? Can I really rely in him, on him? Can I trust him at this moment? Is he going to show up? And when you are almost dying, you can even doubt whether you will really go to heaven. When you don't have control of your life and what is happening around you, it is difficult to stand firm. And James is reminding these Christians, he's telling them, don't just wait for him patiently, but stand firm also. Hold on to your faith. Keep trusting. Keep on believing and keep on proclaiming him. Patiently stand firm as you wait for Christ to return. See, because the Lord's coming is near, we need to strengthen our commitment. I think every Christian needs to to ask themselves whether they are really committed to the faith, not to a church, but to the faith. Look at Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2 from verse 11. To 13 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men and women. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Listen to this. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is what standing firm looks like. Saying no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And living a self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Patiently stand firm as you wait. For Christ's return. Number three. Patiently deal with one another as you wait for Christ's return. Patiently Deal with one another. Don't grumble against one another. Be patient with one another. You know, trials are better endured with the encouragement of other believers. Because the Christian experience is not one person against the world, but one great family that cares 
for one another. You and I encourage one another in this journey. You and I are meant to go this journey together. God calls us as individuals, but he wants us to walk and work and serve as a family. And if we begin to grumble against one another, we will discourage one another and we will make the journey even more difficult and we will give a place for the enemy to come and discourage us. Grumbling gives the enemy a footstool. People who grumble don't progress. You complain, you remain. You praise, and you are raised. But it is so easy to grumble, right? I was tempted to grumble this morning. We woke up, we were prepared with my family. Went to turn our van on, it didn't turn on. I thought I was doing something wrong. So I called my wife. I said, come and try. She came, and you know, she came very confidently. You know, like she was saying in her mind, yeah, probably you're doing something wrong. <laughs> and she came and tried, didn't turn on. And then there is, a, there is something that is usually in here. It begins to come up. It's like a hot potato, you know. You can feel it coming. I began to feel it. Felt like breaking the van down into pieces. And, and, and my wife is looking at me. <laughs> and she said, you know, thank God we have another car. Um, I'm, in my mind, I'm saying, I know that. <laughs> but it's not a wheelchair car. And then she said, you go, I'll, I'll stay. There is so much in this life that tempts us to grumble, to be ungrateful, to complain, to forget the faithfulness of God. There is so much. This night, some of you know that uh, our son, Wisdom, doesn't sleep well. He wakes up almost every hour. And when he wakes up, he cries, so we have to wake up. And, and even 
even when one of us wakes up, the other one will also be awake because he cries so loud. And so this, this was one of the nights. And sometimes I, I remember at around two, I was going to his bed. And in my heart, I was, I was tempted to, to grumble. And maybe I, I did grumble a little bit. It is so easy to grumble. And it is even much easier to grumble against one another. When you're going through a hard time, you are tempted to see the other person as part of the problem. And you grumble. And we have so many Christians that have been discouraged because they were seen as part of the problem by their fellow brothers and sisters. And so instead of encouraging one another to walk and work and glorify God in our ministries, we end up discouraging one another. We fail to be like Christ and we put others down. And James understands this. He understands that the enemy is always looking for opportunities to bring destruction, to divide, to discourage. In fact, discouragement is one of his most effective tools. He uses it all the time. All the time. And so he's reminding believers, patiently deal with one another. As you wait for Christ, give one another time too. Because we all need time to grow. We all do. You may feel like you are there, but let me tell you, you are not there yet. You are not there yet. If you were, you wouldn't be here today. You would be in heaven. You will never be fully like Jesus Christ and still remain here. The reason you and I are here is because we still have a long way to go. As we wait for his return, we need to be patient with one another. As hard as that may be. You're probably thinking of your brothers and sisters and you, your own parents or your grandchildren and you feel like you have given them time. They are not changing anymore. The judge is standing 
at the door. What he's saying is, instead of us thinking we should take control, we should realize Christ will deal with it. And his coming is sooner than we can think of, than we can imagine. He says in Revelation 22, verse 12, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. And maybe this will be of encouragement to you in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, from verse 13, says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with him forever. Therefore, Encourage one another with these words. What if Jesus returns this year? Will he find us patiently waiting for him? Will he find us patiently standing firm in his word, in his truth, proclaiming him? Will he find us patiently dealing with one another? The passage that I read this morning, Isaiah 40, we are reminded that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming soon. Sooner than we can imagine. And if we've, we stop focusing on the Lord's return, the devil will help us draw false conclusions about God. He will tell us that he is not as caring as he says he is. That he is not as loving as he says he is. That we cannot trust him. And you and I need to know how to respond to his voice. To the enemy's voice. When he tells us that our God, 
the God that we believe in, the creator of this world, that our Savior is uncaring and that we cannot trust him, we need to point him to the cross. We need to tell him that we have seen this God demonstrate his love on the cross by offering his son to die in our place. And when we do that, we are saying that what God did on the cross is so much for me to question his love. In fact, because of what he did on the cross, even if he doesn't do anything else, that is enough for me to worship him, to praise him, and to proclaim him everywhere I am as I wait for his return. He doesn't have to do anything else. What he did on the cross is enough for me. I don't know about you, but it's enough for me. And if you're here, and you haven't yet believed in Jesus Christ. He is coming. And when he comes, he will take his own. And we will face judgment. You have had time because God has been patient. But he is calling you to repent. He is calling you to turn to him. Acknowledge your sinfulness and ask him for forgiveness. And he will do so. Because he is a faithful God. But for you brothers and sisters who already believe in Jesus. Patiently wait for his return. Patiently stand firm, stand firm in his truth. Keep proclaiming him. Don't be comfortable with just coming to church on Sunday. We are not Christians on Sunday only. We are Christians on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And patiently deal with one another. Father, we thank you for your love and for your faithfulness. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust you, that we can wait for the return of Jesus Christ. Father, you know us, you know the areas of our weaknesses. And we pray, Lord, that you may minister to us, that you may use our time together to point us to you and to enable us to realize that in you we have hope, we have peace, and we have life. And for that one person here who is yet to know you, how I pray, Lord, that you, the, your Holy Spirit may convict him right now. That he may give his life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.